It's time for the Rose Chat Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating the world's most beloved flower, the rose. Join award-winning gardeners Chris Van Cleef and Teresa Byington as they chat with rose lovers and experts from around the globe. With each episode, you'll gain valuable knowledge and insights to achieve the rose garden you've always dreamed of. Listen now as we explore the world of roses. Good friend Ron Daniels is back with me today to talk about something very exciting. His book has just been released. Hey, Ron, welcome back to Rose Chat. Hey, Teresa, good to hear from you again. Oh, you're always a busy guy, but this time you've really been busy. You wrote a book. How does that feel? Well, I guess if you told me this five, ten years ago, i say you're crazy. Ain't no way I'm going to do this, but... Uh, after you've done it for so long and uh, grew roses, I've had so many people encourage me to do it. And uh, I've taught so many workshops and did so many presentations. And a lot of people always come up to me and, and say, have you got a book? And so I have a good friend that brings a lot of professional men together. He has a company and I called and asked him back in November of last year. And he said, well, Ron, first question he asked me, are you doing this for money? I said, no, I just want to record this stuff and or so it won't be forgotten or locked up and write this book and he said well how many times are you speaking regularly and i said yeah one year 30 something times he said you do all the speaking and you don't even have a book <laughs> and he said you know all the people i encourage uh, uh that has different trades and stuff is to write a book and it kind of gives you credibility and and all and i said well tell me how to do it and he put me in touch with uh uh, a, 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 a co-writer and his name was Paul Edwards and he's actually in the state of, of Washington and he uh, out on the West coast. And so in November we started uh, having the, the interview you about five or six interviews and we get the concept going and uh, it's just a regular thing. Every couple times a week we would meet and write the book right on my laptop and, uh, <laughs> I made sure, of course, they used, <laughs> you would laugh, they used a lot of expressions. They were wanting to use some expressions. They were calling me a, a rose keeper. I said, well, you know, I've never Ooh. used that word. I know what keeper means, but uh, I've never used that in my presentations or even when I'm talking to anybody. So uh, I've heard of beekeepers and stuff like that. But, uh, but anyway, uh, it, it's been fun. I learned a lot, uh, and I was able to put down all the stuff I've learned in 30 years in, in writing. And uh, so uh, here I am and doing book signings <laughs> and having fun and talking on Rose Chat about it. I mean, it's just been every week there's three or four events that I do. And my wife's worried about me. She says, you, you're doing way too much. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, when you get my age, the best thing you can do is solve problems and put yourself around people. Yeah. And I love people, and yeah, I just yeah. love them. every book signing I've done. It's like my presentations. I learned yeah. something. Oh so I, yes, oh yes. Yeah. Ron, let's talk a little bit about the name you chose for your book. I uh, love it, by the way, because gardening well, has always been you. therapy to me. But tell us about how you chose it. Well, this, it's kind. Of, I did not mention this in my book, but I, but I fought with the publishers over it because they wanted to name it something else. I've had this rose therapy name in my email for I don't know ten years, fifteen years, and, and I've all I've had it for a long time. But it all happened because of my non gardening wife, Francine. Uh, she told me one day. She said, 
if you if you plant one more rose, I'm gonna get you some therapy. <laughs> so that's where that's where it began. And it's like, you know, I like that rose therapy. And you know, mm-hmm. and some people think about therapy as being a negative thing, but uh, you know, therapy's good for us. And no matter mm-hmm. what we do, I mean, you know how therapeutic mm-hmm. ruin anything is, but especially roses. And uh, so that's how it really got started. And uh, I battled with the publishers. They had other names. But see, I told them, I said, listen, I don't want a uh, how-to book. I mean, I'm gonna, I, I just don't. There's too many of them out there. And they wasn't very personable. And they wasn't, you know what I'm saying? I want this to be my journey in gardening and growing roses for 30 years. And then tell in the middle of the book, I'll give you step-by-step on how to do it. Mm-hmm. So that's where the name came from. I did not mention it in my book, uh, but it actually came from Francine because she thought I needed therapy because every time she turned around, I was buying roses. <laughs> well, that may be true, but I can tell you that when I'm in the garden, I step into another world and stress, headaches, whatever, they just yeah. melt away. Well, I, I, I had my physical my yearly physical and I, I, my doctor, you get my age and all your doctors look like Dookie Hauser. And, uh, they didn't know who Dookie, he didn't know who Dookie Hauser was, but the old nurse I've known for 30 years said he, he will not know who Dookie Hauser is. So it doesn't matter you even te- tell him, but anyway, uh, he told me, he said, Ron said, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, you got some good genes. That's good. He said, but you, you keep doing whatever you're doing. And I said, well, I'm gardening. And I told him about my book and I told him about my presentations and my projects. And he said, keep doing that. You've done that all your life in the construction business. And a lot of people your age sit down in front of the TV and they die. He said, uh, just keep doing what you're doing and uh, you're in good health to do it. If you want me to send a letter home to your wife or <laughs> I said, well, that's cool. I said, uh, I enjoy doing it. And it, uh, uh, I, when I get up every morning uh, and I go at, out into my garden, you know, it just pumps me up and gets me where I can uh, do what I do. So, but, uh, but anyway, it's, it's just, like I said, it's been fun. And I, you know, and I think we have, to, no matter how we get, we need to continue to learn. And you know how I feel about that because I learned something from the, even every beginner that started a novice and starts growing roses, I learned something from them. And I thought, how in the world am I going to learn anything signing these books? But yeah. they'll come up and I'll sign the book and they'll have a question. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know what? Even in my presentations, I always learn more in the presentations, I think, than the people I'm talking to because they ask questions you never would think about. And, uh, but in the book, I wanted to, uh, I wanted it to be for the serious gardeners like me and you that have 100 plus roses or the person that only has two or three or just getting started because uh, uh, I, I put enough information in there. If you didn't want to spray, I recommended the uh, Earth Kind Roses or uh, organic sprays. I try to cover everybody that grows roses. Mm-hmm. So the person that's been growing several years could to learn from it. So I think we nailed it because uh, I had to fight them over too because they were, they want to make it more technical. They want to make, you know, they just, the, the writer, they, you know, they just don't, both of these writers wasn't gardeners. So <laughs> the, publisher, the publisher and my co-writer, he, they wasn't gardeners. So they, they just couldn't relate to, to me. Yes. But 
they they knew that i guarantee you that they're, they're going both of them they're in their 40s they're going to try to grow roses for for too long you know they are you know they are you know especially through covid but even before i began to just see so many articles about about uh, the benefits of gardening for mental health and physical health too because we're busy yeah. we're lifting we're carrying you know just to, as a matter of tending our garden so this fits right into where i think people are today and and um, it, it is good for the body, the body, the mind, and the spirit. So you you nailed it. You nailed it. Well, now, I, I want to talk. It. I, you definitely nailed that. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about for a few minutes is your mentor and just how important yeah. mentorship is to pretty much anything we do, but especially growing roses. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I've talked about uh, Mr. John Curtis on on several other podcasts in the past, and how he influenced my life. And if you uh, really get into the uh, talking about the book, I talk about him personally too, because I learned a lot about life with him Mm -hmm. and how to treat people and how to have grace with people. And as I get older, I have more grace than I had when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you you know, my father-in-law who I worked for in, in the construction business for 10 years before I started my own business, he used to tell me, he said, you never know what shape someone's in. Uh, if they're acting out or whatever, he said, always show grace. But John Curtis was just God sent because I ran into him accidentally in a restaurant. Then all of a sudden I found out he was good friends with a, a, a lady named Shannon Lane who went to uh, college with Francine at Belmont College. And uh, so it just all came together. And he uh, mentored me for about three years. But but what he taught me, he taught me how to grow roses, but he also taught me how to minister with them and to give them away. And I know you feel that way, too, because you give a lot of your flowers away. And sure do. Uh, you, you, your, um, uh, your bloom days that you have, and mm-hmm. that is awesome. And so uh, but Curtis always told me, he said, if you're going to grow these, have a purpose for growing them and have a reason to, to inspire you and look for things and you know, the last several years, I've found since 2018, and especially during the pandemic, I thought, God, how in the world am I going to do this ministry? And I can't even go into building to some mm-hmm. of these places like the nursing homes and retirement centers and some of the, even the hospitals. And so uh, no, in November of 2020, I got COVID. And I spent six and a half hours in the emergency room. Nothing serious. You know, I just had a uh, science infection, but I had COVID, no chest problems, but got to get around them nurses who's working all them hours. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, these, these people, they're heroes. Put in that kind of time and, uh, and be, it's just unbelievable. So God just told me, said, you know what? You got to do something. For them. So I started getting, I called a lady at our church and I said, she had a daughter that was a nurse at our local hospital. And I told her my idea. She said, that is great. She said, let me do the, let me go and find out what we need to do, where we need to drop them. Because you couldn't come in unless you come in the emergency room. And uh, so anyway, uh, I started taking flowers to uh, Sumner Regional Hospital, which is about seven miles from my house here, and to the nurses. And so I never would have thought about that. I mean, it was just another opportunity. And Mr. Curtis was always looking for that opportunity. Now, he was a great Rosario. I mean, he won at shows. I mean, it was just unbelievable, but he was a he was a much better person and mentor. And I was just fortunate enough to be around probably one of the top 
uh, Rosarians in the South. I didn't realize that. He grew roses for 40-something years. I mean, it was just unbelievable. So, uh, I'm, you know, with the young people, you know how they do. They get, you know, they, go, they Google something or YouTube video something. And this book, oh, that's great information. But we know if we don't step into our garden, uh, you know, gardens just don't happen. I mean, you know, without a gardener, without a gardener you ain't got a garden. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but Mr. Curtis was infinite. And what I try to do every year is mentor three or four people myself. I mentioned several of them in the book. John Winter uh, was my um, co-president for four or five years. And uh, he had never grew a rose. And, and I mentored him for about uh, four or five years. And now he grows over 70 roses and, and is still learning. And he, he is actually uh, mentoring people. So that's, that's the whole thing about mentorship because uh, Mr. Curtis said, you know, uh, teach someone. I mean, don't, don't keep that information. There's a lot of people that grow things. Like in the Rose Society, we have people that grow roses. I've never seen their roses. Mm-hmm. And they never, they never teach anybody. And everybody's not a teacher, don't get me wrong. But, but if you know something, and uh, I think you have an obligation to at least share it, uh, I don't know anybody in the Rose side is making a living. We <laughs> <laughs> spend money. But it's uh, so I just, you know, I always talk about it, but mentorship is the key. And uh, I was very fortunate to have a good one. And I, when I do my presentations, I talk about it a lot. I said, you know, join the Nashville Rose Society, join uh, and, and, and get and come and get involved. And there's a bunch of people there that will men- mentor you uh, where you are, no matter if you just got one rose, if you got 100. So um, that's so true. Now, Ron, I want to read something. Um, okay. I, I want to quote John Wendler, what he said about you. Now, he wrote the All forward right. for your book and there's several pages and it's so well done. So I want people to read it. But I want to read just a snippet of what he All said. Right. Okay, so this is John Wendler speaking. I met Ron in the fall of 2015. I'd started growing a few roses a few years earlier without much success and decided to join the Nashville Rose Society in a last ditch effort. At that time, Ron was VP of Education. He showed great interest in my measly four roses, and I liked him immediately. It's hard not to like him. He's one of the most genuine people persons I've ever met, and I agree. Ron offered to mentor me, which started a journey and a relationship that has only deepened since. Thanks to Ron, I have a beautiful, thriving garden and have even won some awards at a local rose show. So that was John Wendler speaking back to you. And I love that he had the opportunity to do that. Well, he's an awesome guy in itself. He's, he's really helped our society in marketing. He was the marketing director for Tractor Supply for the whole country. And he's just a genius when it comes to marketing. And it's really contributed to our growth at Nashville Rose Society. And he just uh, has that gift. And he's taught me a lot about it, too. And uh, he, he's really been our best marketing uh, agent for the Nashville Rose Society. And he just, about, he's a valued friend. And I, he loves for me to call him uh, uh, American Rose Society Consulting Rosarian. <laughs> I just he, love it. Yeah, but but you know, he he never dreamed. He said, "I never dreamed that I would even be a consulting Rosarian." I said, "Well, you are," and mm-hmm. you know, I'm gonna tell you like Mr. Curtis said. Now you go teach somebody, 
and Aww. he's doing and he's doing that. And yeah. uh, but he's been a great friend. We uh, we'll still you know we're still on the executive committee at, at the Nashville Rose Society, and we uh, uh, they're still looking for you know input from us. And we told them when we uh, uh, you know after five years, nobody's ever served in Nashville Rose Society for five years. And of course, we had the pandemic sprinkled yeah. in there and, oh, yeah. but uh, but anyway he uh, I'm really proud of him he's really yeah. come a long way and the thing about him and the thing about most people what most people won't do they won't ask the won't ask you questions sometimes people are too prideful to say mm-hmm. I, I think I've made a mistake and when John would do that I said John that's the process of learning I said I'm yeah. gonna tell you how to get out of this and I said I don't know everything but let me tell you something I know some other people that know an answer to that if I don't know it. So I never tell yes. people, there's no way you're going to know everything about this hobby. No, and or any other one for that matter. You got let's, that wrong. Let's you tell our friends where they can purchase Rose Therapy. Okay. Uh, of course, order it through Amazon. Please, after you read the book, put a review on there. Uh, good, bad, whatever, a review. And the same thing with Barnes Noble. They are... are um, of course, most people, I didn't realize this. You know, when I first wrote this book, I thought, you know, are people still reading? I mean, because I know we got Kindle, we got digital, we got everything else. And according to my publishers, yeah, people are still getting book, buying books. But they buy most of the books now online. They they don't go in Barnes Noble and always buy books. And uh, uh, and then uh, same way with Amazon. You know, heck, you order a book and it's on your porch the next day. <laughs> I know, it's great. Yeah, I don't that know if I, can drive, I... if I can drive to uh, somewhere and buy one that quick. But uh, but uh, that's the two main sources. Uh, I also have a, a website now. And uh, thank you for recommending Instagram because I'll talk to my publishers today about that. Rosetherapy.book. Uh, dot com uh, uh, for any kind of information about the book and uh, but it's uh, like I said it's been a fun thing to do and these uh, uh, book signings are just another opportunity for me to, to spread the word and get around mm-hmm. people that may be on the fence line of growing roses because I know all the most of the typical questions is well they're too fussy well I can't do this <laughs> when I turn them on to a rose that's easier to grow and you grow a lot of them that I've got a list of your roses too oh yeah and, oh, yeah. yeah I've got them you you that 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 up in your zone and I uh, tell them that you know you don't have to grow all hybrid teas there's a lot of great floribundas yes. and, and shrubs and old garden roses that are fun to grow and have unbelievable fragrance so oh, yeah. but uh but it it's it's like I said, it's just been a fun trip up to this point, and I'm just enjoying it every day and uh, kind of trying to pace myself. I told my pusher the other day, and I said, now, don't schedule me anything for <laughs> last weekend. I got an open garden Saturday and Sunday, the 27th and 28th. And he said, okay. I, was, I said, I'll be in the garden with with uh, uh, my open garden. So I'm Tell us about, like, compare it to, like, you're getting ready to have open garden, but I think your last open garden was super, super successful. Let's talk a little bit about that and what people can expect. Yeah, well, you know, last year, uh, you know, I did this uh, PBS show uh, on the 20th of May, and then the 21st and the 22nd, I had open garden after that. And it really worked out good. We had a very, very dry May. We hadn't had that this year. We've had plenty of rain. And uh, so uh, only the difference between this year, it's, I'm having my open garden a week later. Let me tell you why. 
because of the flash freeze we had in December, the Christmas flash freeze, uh, there, uh, we, our roses took a pretty good hit. Uh, in the 30 years I've roses, I've never had to cut, uh, you know, I've got 12, 14 climbers out here and I had to cut them to the ground and you know, and yes. I know it takes some years to train, uh, a climbing rose on an arbor or, or a fence or up against a wall. So that was kind of discouraging for me, but let me tell you something that I tell the people in the rose society, I said, we all not my whole life. I always learn from adversity. And to me, uh, they were calling me, said, what am I going to do with my roses? And I told them they had to cut them to the ground. I mean, them, some of them ladies, they were crying. I said, they're going to come back. Yeah. And so I gave them a formula to get them to come back. And so, but the rest of roses, I'd winterize. And everybody winterized, like I told them, uh, their roses did well. The ones that didn't, they lost all their roses. Because yeah. we went... 52 degrees, four below zero in less than seven hours. That that was a big hit. Uh, there you go. Learn something else. But this year, because I had to cut my roses, my hybrids, all of them down uh, pretty low, uh, my bloom, my first bloom cycle, although I'm getting blooms right now, but we really peak good uh, uh, the last weekend of the month right there at Memorial Day weekend, mm-hmm. which I don't really like to have on Memorial Day, but I did a little survey, and, you know, people like to bring their moms an open yeah. garden, you know, yeah. so that's, that's the only difference uh, from last year. And last year it was so dry here. We had no rain in May. Uh, people walked by my garden on the street and they said, you know, your rose garden looks like an oasis <laughs> compared yeah. to else, you know, the grass was, uh, I don't irrigate my grass because, uh, you know, I'm into flowers, but, but anyway, it's a whole lot different, a lot greener this year where I'm at, northeast of Nashville, we won't have, uh, mine are peak good about the end of the so that's when I have my open garden. So, um, so do you know how many people you had through your garden last year? Well, la- last Saturday, I mean, excuse me, the last the twenty tw- first uh, of May last year, that was a Saturday. It was ninety three degrees, high humidity. Oh. Uh, I had to put up tents. I had, of course, water. I had three hundred and thirty something people that came through it. Oh my goodness! Three hundred. And the way I've done this over the years, and my daughters speak, and I've been to Chattanooga, I've been to Birmingham, I hadn't been to Birmingham lately, I got to talk to Chris, and uh, <laughs> and then and then uh, I've been, you know, maybe 150 mile radius to where I'm at, and I've been up in Kentucky and spoke, well, I get the president's email address, and then, uh, then I send out an invitation to all of them, and then they come, I mean, I had people drove 100, 140-something miles, just oh, to see. Oh, my goodness. That's fun. And then the next day, it turned off cooler. It's like 70-something. I still had 70, 80 people that came. So I had right at 400 people in two days. And uh, and this just didn't, you know, happen overnight because we built this up with my presentations. And plus, we have, I have a subdivision not too far, a brand new one. It's called Durham Farms. In fact, I'm going up and doing a presentation for them in about a week for the whole HOA, which is pretty cool. And uh-huh. They come to my open garden. He said, "Won't you come up here and do one for us, so we can learn how to grow these in our yards here?" And I said, "Well, I will if your activities director contacts me. Here's a card," and she contacted me. But we were supposed to do it in March, but they had that freeze, flash freeze, and the clubhouse, or they call it the farmhouse. Um, all the pipes froze in it and ruined all the walls and everything, so they've been delayed. Uh, but they got together now. I'm thinking about a week, and of course, it's just. 
half a mile from my house here. <laughs> so I won't have to travel very far. And I'm going to do a presentation and a book signing there in about a week, 10 days. So, but, um, but anyway. Uh, Just you keep never, connecting. Just keep connecting. You're right. You're right. And that, that's one of the reasons I talked to you this morning. I want to send Chris one of my books because I got to think about Chris several years ago. And I think maybe you were with him. I can't remember. But he came and did a, uh, a, a, a workshop on social media for our webmaster and everything. And it made the biggest difference in our membership. Oh, and, good. You know, we wasn't, we, we had the worst website in the world. I mean, it was just unbelievable. <laughs> but, Chris, but Chris educated us and he took him in another room. I never will forget that. So uh, I want him to have a book, played a big part in, you know, in, in Nashville Roadside growing. Absolutely. We had a very different experience um, last, um, last uh, May and June. We, had, we were drowning here and almost canceled my open garden. I remember but you telling About 30 minutes before it was to start, I, it stopped raining and it didn't rain for six or seven weeks. We had a drought. Very different this year. Much like you, we've had deer damage and we had terrible freezes. So most of my roses went down to, uh, were trimmed down to the ground too. But we're just kind of thinking of it as a restart and a refresh and they'll be better than ever. You know, I've only lost to maybe one. But, you know, I was just in Louisiana at the America's Rose Garden and they had that same dip that you had. Um, yeah. And oh, yeah. I think they dropped 40 degrees or something and lost yeah. hundreds. I think they lost 450 roses or something through yeah, that. Diane, Diane it was suffered. terrible. I did a web bar for her for Jackson Perkins about several months ago. And she was telling me they lost over 300. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And some were struggling that they've lost since. So yeah, that just, just that one day that made a huge difference. Oh yeah. It, it was something, but like I said, you know, in my book, I talk about this, we learn life lessons yes. from adversity. So, um, you know, a bunch of people come to me said, uh, I guess this is the first time this has ever happened. But the strangest thing, I don't know if you remember this black and white picture of Mr. Curtis in there from Mm -hmm. the 1980s and where we had a flash freeze Christmas week. This is like 85, 86. And this is before I met Mr. Curtis. I thought, this is weird. We did, uh, this book's coming out. We just, had, we just had a flash freeze. And everybody said, well, this is the first time this ever happened. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Curtis used to, in fact, I got to thinking about it. He told me a little bit about it when I was around him. And because uh, he was really big into winterizing. Now, most of his roses, he, he'd get a rose and get it on its own root immediately if he could. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he thought they were a lot stronger. A lot of your roses on, on their own root, aren't they? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. But, you know, you always learn from adversity. And um, I was able, it was a teaching moment for me, for the society. Because I tell you, another thing happened to us, too. Our, our, all our climbing roses at the Rose Study Garden at Cheekwood, all the climbing roses froze to the ground. And the people at Cheekwood, when we cut them down in March, they come unglued. They yeah. thought, oh, my gosh. I said, well, you'd really be upset if we left all them dead, that, that dead wood up there. <laughs> yeah. It took us, it took five of us a half, uh, five hours to cut all them down. Well, uh, you know, but now we get the the pleasure of watching them grow again. You know, I was sad for a moment, but now I'm just tickled pink to run out there and see, how are you doing? How are you doing? And they're doing great. And then mine are coming back up. They're already four foot. You know, of course, people come to my open garden. I'm going to be able to see them up on my pergola, up on the wall or my trellis. 
but they'll, you know, funny thing about them, we forget how they look when we planted them. They did. They do bloom, you know, even if they're they're 10 foot tall or two foot tall, they'll bloom. And so uh, it was just a good learning opportunity for the new members. And I I mean, I told them, you know, it's hard to tell somebody they're looking at dead wood that there's some hope there, you know. Anyway, I was out yesterday at the Rose Study Garden because I oversee our volunteer group for Nashville Rose Society. And the ones we cut to the ground are already four foot tall, five foot tall. Yeah. And they were new down and some of the real tough ones in a way and some garden climbers and stuff. But it's it's uh, it was something else. I can tell you that. And there's a lot of our members come unglued about it. (laughs) Have hope. And I'll tell you how to do it. Yep, absolutely. There's, you know, they'll be restored and it'll be wonderful to see them back. And sometimes, you know, as I was taking some of these dead canes out, I thought, well, you know, you got a little crooked there. I've got an opportunity to, to tie you up a little better and, and, uh, you know, we'll kind of do this together and see if we can do it a little better. Oh, people that really, really show roses. I mean, we know them, you know, <laughs> we got them all around us and you get on airplanes and take them away from all that. You know, every year, you know, we have a rose show and some people, exhibitors there. After the, after the rose show, I talked to them and asked them how they, how, how, how'd you get that rose? How, what do you do? But you know, most of them, we talk about pruning, they prune their roses pretty low because mm-hmm. they believe that by doing that, it stores it and we know it does. Mm-hmm. And then we have better roses. And yeah. I think sometimes we have these mild winters, we don't go down as far with our pruning and then uh we should but we you know we impatient you know we don't we don't want to cut that down 12 inches from the ground we want to leave it at 18 or 20 because we know we'll have flowers but i, I tell them right now and i'm getting calls and emails right now from our members and say you know what my roses look better this year than they did last year yep there you go you know scripture tells us that god prunes us as well so that we're all yeah. that we need to be so you're right. <laughs> You're absolutely right. So it's been a great learning thing, even though we thought it was a disaster. And uh, one of the one of the uh, hood coaches out cheek was Mr. Ron. They you know you get a certain age, they call you Mr. Teresa. Mr. Mr. Ron, I want to apologize to you. I said why? I said uh, I come down on you pretty heavy because of them climbers that died back, and you know the building they had them on was ugly anyway. covered him up he said i said well i told you they would come back he said yeah i wish i'd listened to you and i said well uh you know we're all learning i mean you know yep. ours, but uh, it's been a great great learning opportunity for new people because they they've never seen anything like this oh yeah it's pretty shocking at first but but they bounce back and then we bounce back and we get excited with them this has been so fun um, I'm just so proud of the book. I, I just love it. And I'm so glad you joined me today to talk about it. You've mentor- mentored so many people in person, but now with the book, you can reach even more. So all the best with the book. Well, I'm going to tell you one exciting thing that happened uh, uh, yesterday. Was it yesterday? No, Friday. <laughs> I got this call from the CEO at uh, Cheekwood. Now, I talk about Cheekwood in my book and about the Rose Study Garden, how it's helped our membership and all, and, uh, and how it's helped the public and gave uh, teaching opportunities and learning opportunities at Cheekwood Botanical Gardens there in Nashville. And uh, the head CEO, Jane, called me. She said, Ron said, uh, I've just got approval to put your book in our new gift shop Aww. and the mansion. 
So almost 500,000 people come through that place a year. And if somebody told me I have a book at Cheekwood, I said, what are you talking about? Ain't no, ain't no way I'd ever do that happen. But, but she was so, uh, not, she, I sent her a book and she read it. She said, you know, when you do these kind of things, when some of the things I mentioned in the book, you know, you think, well, uh, you know, is this going to offend somebody in some way? You know, uh, <laughs> I don't know why I think that way at my age, but, you know, we see so much of that today. And she told me, she said, Ron, there's nothing in that book that's going to offend nobody. And if it is, I'm going to take up for you. <laughs> I said, uh-huh. for a CEO to say that, that's cool. And it's then, very cool. Yeah, and I run it by John Wendler, too. And, you know, he was a big corporate guy. He said, Ron, I can't predict anything, but I read the book two or three times. He said, there's nothing in there that, that's a, you know, that's an uplifting book. And there's nothing mm-hmm. there for everybody to relate to, especially, you know, I didn't talk a lot about my gardening DNA, but you know, there's people come up to me and said, Ryan, I didn't realize you got that many gardeners in your life. And I said, yeah, I've got a lot of garden DNA. And, and one in particular, my, my grandmama, she was just unbelievable. And, uh, and then, you know, I think your mom was a pretty good gardener or grandmama, wasn't she? Yep. I had mom, grandma, and, uh, yep. A lot of them, so, they were very, so you got very a lot, good. You got a lot. You got a lot of gardening DNA, so. Yeah, oh, I do. I do. Well, I appreciate you letting me share this about uh, my book, and I hope it helps people to to uh, to pick up this hobby and and maybe not get discouraged. Have a reason for doing it. That's another thing I wanted to bring out in the book. Have a purpose with it. Mm-hmm. And Francine always tells me, and I've said this several. Sounds kind of corny, but she always says that she said, "When your ministry's working, the, the garden does unbelievable." And I'm a firm believer in that. That's and, true. That's yeah. such, that's so, so good. But you know, I didn't know what I was going to do in the pandemic because all my regular ministries, I couldn't, I couldn't do. And then all of a sudden these opportunities came up and I, I mentioned several others in the book that in 2018 about young married people can't afford flowers. I start, uh, I started doing uh, uh, weddings. I mean, just mm-hmm. to give it to them as a, as a gift. So yeah. flowers are expensive for weddings. I mean, they're very expensive. And so, but I have a lot of good partners in everything I do and a lot of people that help me and give me flowers. And so I've been very fortunate. So, but my main projects for the next three or four months, it will be, uh, would be this book and promoting this book. Yeah. We're going to try to do it locally and regionally and then maybe spend <coughs> enough time. So. Well, have fun. I know you will. I know it's going to be well received and just all the very best, Ron. Thank you. Thank you. For, thank you for having me today. I really enjoyed talking to you. That's wonderful. Well, friends, we're glad you joined us today, too. And I hope you're going to pick up a copy of Ron's book for yourself and maybe one for a friend. And until next time, I wish you some therapy time in the garden. You've been listening to the Rose Chat Podcast with Chris Van Cleve and Teresa Byington, expert rose gardeners who want to help you achieve the rose garden of your dreams. Don't miss an episode. Listen anytime on our website at rosechatpodcast.com or listen on the go via the Rose Chat app on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Share this podcast with your social networks and join us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by using the hashtag RoseChat. Join us next time for another edition of the Rose Chat Podcast. The Rose Chat Podcast is a production of the Rose Chat Media Group, Birmingham, Alabama.